the left center field. Back toward the track. And that ball is gone. You are listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, good morning. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I am your host, Anthony Donardo. With me this morning, this beautiful Wednesday morning, this playoff baseball morning, Jim Rosati from the Northside Notch. What up, Jim? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, of course. <laughs> I was glad to invite you. <laughs> also we glad actually, we, could, uh, we could actually do that again this morning. Yeah, we actually you know got to, got together at our supposed uh, scheduled time. So it's right. Yeah, yeah. I know I didn't go too far behind the scenes last week. I was not pretty on my end. We did not do a show. Apologize for that. Uh, actually didn't even go to work that day either. So kind of a bonus. Man, I hate work sometimes, I... but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess we're fresh off day one, if you want to put it, MLB playoffs. We're fresh off a presidential debate. How is your morning going right now? Morning is going good. It's uh. I don't know. I don't know what kind of fall weather you all get in Jacksonville, but I think fall falls like officially here in uh, in Louisville. It's it's hoodie weather. It's like forty eight degrees today. Played softball last night. It was like freezing. Um, yeah, already already made my Starbucks run this morning. I'm good to go. Yeah. Well, number one, imagine actually going outside. I don't I don't know why we would do that these days. Um, it's, I mean, for fall weather, yeah, I don't know about that, Jim, for us. Um, I'm looking today, actually not too bad. The high today is 77. Uh, no, I apologize, 82. Yeah, that's that's not, eh, okay. I guess so, today um, here, it's it, it's going to get to 75 here. So, gotcha. like, it'll get, it'll get up there. But right now, it's not there yet. Yeah, I mean, this weekend, it was like 97. <laughs> It was uh, it was pretty hot, pretty 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 hot, Jim. But if you look at the weather app right now on our screen in Pittsburgh, currently it is fifty two degrees, with a high of sixty six. So uh, actually, right now it's currently fifty one. It's dropped. I don't miss uh, that weather at all. I mean, waking up. I mean, w- winter's a whole other thing. But like waking up right now, fifty one degrees, getting into the car, ugh. That brisk morning, man. Not that you get to a car these days again. Also, as I mentioned, I love like that fall weather, like where it's like high in the low sixties. Like you wake up late at night, it's in the forties. I don't know that. That's like that's like my my sweet spot right there. Is it really? I I know yeah. a lot of people, and I trust me, I get it. Like a lot of people, are like if it stayed seventy five degrees all year long, I'd be good. That would be great. Yeah. See, I think that to me, that's just too cold. And it's because I'm worried about the nights. I mean, true story. And I think I've said this before. And obviously, like, I'm totally adjusted to the weather in Florida. Absolutely. You know, the first year I was down here, I was making fun of everyone wearing their hoodies when I was in my T-shirt and and, uh, short sleeve shirts, you know. But 
Man, I was actually home for my wedding in Pittsburgh, right? Got married up in Pennsylvania. It was in the middle of June. Got married, you know, June 12th. So I remember at my parents' house the night before, we actually were outside. My brother built a bonfire. I went inside. Mind you, middle of June, middle of summer. Kind of, almost. Um, <laughs> went inside and got a coat. Standing next to a fire. Because I was cold. Jeez. And it's the nights. It's it's the, I guess... It's one thing when it's, you know, like 75 at a day, the yeah. sun out. Like it was. I, I enjoyed that. It's just when night comes, the sun goes away, and man, it starts getting really, really chilly. So I'd be cool with like 85 all year round. I mean, I'd be fine with 85 too, but like I, I love I love this weather. Yeah. Plus it means that like football starting, like it's it's uh it's nice. That part I can get to. So there was always like this. I hate also like how, what's your take on the clocks turning back and all that? No. So like that, I'm not a fan of. Okay. Especially. So, so the one thing about here, if you all know, like the way time zones work, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you look at a map of time zones, right. <clears throat> uh huh. And you take the Eastern time zone, like I am, on the absolute edge of the Eastern time zone. So it's good in a few ways in that like it stays lighter a little bit like later, mm, you know, um, right. cause I'm like, it's almost central time, but um, it also like gets lighter later. So it's, I don't, it's weird. It's, I don't, I, I'm still not totally used to it. Cause like there's like all my whole life living in Pittsburgh and I've been here 15 years now, but um, it's just, it's different here. Cause like I'll, I'll be like talking to my parents or something and they'll be like, Oh, it's dark out and you know, it'll still be light here. And it's right now it's interesting. Same time zone, but it makes a difference. What end of that time zone you're on. Um, yeah, no, that's for sure. So yeah, but it's that's, a little weird here. Right. And that's like, I, I hate it too. Like I hate the clocks going back. Like I wish it would stay, which I guess there's some, some talk around this year, like it happening, but how you're mentioning about the uh-huh. fall weather and all that, th- there was like, I don't like it per se, but it's like when it happens, like that first week, it does like bring back reminders and memories. Like I just, with me growing up playing basketball a lot, you know, I enjoyed watching football. It's like you said, like it's football weather. So like the brisk weather comes, it just puts you in that mindset of like just being in the backyard, playing football, right? Or like mm. basketball season's approaching, you know, like it's that mindset or like when the clocks would go back and it get darker like an hour early. I really enjoy it. Now, first thing is I'd always, always, well, wait, actually, yeah, the clocks go back. Yeah. So it's an extra hour. I always made a yeah. point. I was absolutely out drinking that night. Because you got your extra hour, right? So it was like, okay, so here's an extra hour of drinking. But it was just, I don't know, like being dark with the brisk weather always seemed kind of cool. But again, what I'm getting at is it would wear off in like two weeks. I'm over it. So I would enjoy it because like it's dark early. It's kind of brisk. Like it just, it's time for the like the night, you know, the night alamy coming out, hanging out with friends, doing stuff. But then in two weeks, I'm like, all right, I'm 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 over this. Bring me back the weather. Bring me back the sun. You know, I want to be enjoying outside and such. So, yeah, like I said, it was so, kind of cool for a little bit. The one thing I really don't like 
and this was different. Like when I, when I worked in an office and I would like go to work and then I would come home, but my job's a little different now. Um, but like, it was like, it would be dark when you got to work and then it'd be dark when you left work. Like that yeah. was just depressing. That was just depressing. That is the one downside about like fall, winter. Absolutely. And if you want to go a step further, so this company I used to work for was a background check agency. I'll put it that way. I actually worked in an underground mine for them. So imagine okay. this, Jim. Imagine <laughs> it being dark when you show up to work. You go yeah. underground in a mine. Then you get out of work and it's dark. And you literally don't see sunlight all day long. That's called depression. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. That would be you rough. You know, I, I absolutely get what you're saying too. But at least you have that window in the office. You know, like myself, I work at now, especially at home. Like at least you have the window Right. I had mountainside. <laughs> I had yeah, stone. It's a little different. A little different. Rock. Yeah. So that was that was kind of rough there for a while. But anyway, yeah, this is getting kind of depressing. So why don't we talk Pittsburgh right. Pirates? Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, that'll bring that'll lighten the mood. <laughs> 19 so... wins on the season. Not too good. Not too good, but they didn't uh, they didn't get to my projection. Uh, no, but it wasn't that far off, right? Just like six games, right? That's pretty yeah, good. Not 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 completely. It's off. only in a six game series, sixty game season. You know, ten percent. That's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so 19, 19 uh wins, but they do get the number one overall pick, Jim. So there's, I, I guess, however you're looking at it. And I guess understanding the trajectory of this team, like where they truly are. I think a lot of us really understood and knew this team wasn't a team that truly could compete. Now, I thought they'd be better than this, but they weren't a team that can compete. So getting the number one overall pick in next year's draft, it's got to be kind of a win, I would say, in a a sense, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, if you're, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you might as well just be in last place, right? <laughs> I mean, what's what's the uh, what's the point of like finishing eighth to last, right? I mean, it's it's all the all the same. You either didn't make it or you made it. So, um, yeah, I checked out there a little bit while I was I was looking for draft orders here. I was trying to find the whole draft order, but I didn't catch the end of your 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 spiel. Oh, oh, no, I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's kind of a victory. Yeah. You know, again, I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't expect the Pirates to land the number one overall pick, you know, but I think both of us discussed probably a top five, certainly in a top 10, and getting the number one overall pick in this time. I mean, this can help an organization much like the Pirates that need this type of help. It can really help them, you know. I don't think, and I think something we'll talk about more into the offseason, but we've already already hinted a bit. There's no like true clear cut number one Bryce Harper, Steve Strasburg in this draft. Like, this is the guy you got to get. He's going to be a superstar. But there are some pretty intriguing, especially pitchers, you know, up top that, you know, getting the number one overall pick ensures you're going to get the pitcher, the guy that you want to get. And yeah, I think that's really big. I mean, Charrington takes over. We've questioned a bit of the offseason. Of course, you know, he has 
been get afforded the late start by getting hired basically like the week before the the meetings um mm-hmm. so you know like you couldn't blame totally everything on him and obviously with the situation of this year he's gonna go into this off season where i think it, it's it's fine like he has a bit of a plan he has a mark on this team and now he's got to make things happen you know so i guess let's kind of go back a little bit to like what i tweeted i think it's a pretty important offseason for him for one, again, he's got the number one overall pick. So right now, you can probably get a bit of a jump start, right? A bit of an infusion, top-end talent draft-wise, hopefully. Um, tied for seventh most, seventh most, but the second total draft uh, international draft pool money. Um, he's got some, some international money to spend right now in a couple of trades. The offseason coming up, I mean, uh, he's lost, I think, a lot of value. You know, on some of the, the, the tradable targets, say like a Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, right? Like everyone's value pretty much dropped this year, it seemed. So that's going to be a bit of a struggle. But mm-hmm. I think he's got a big offseason coming up. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you you made a little remark, comment on that. What's your <laughs> thought on this offseason for him? Yeah, I just, I just don't see a lot of movement happening. Like I don't... I don't really think it's that important of an off season because I don't really see what's what's going to happen. Um, like they're in, they're not in any sh- way, shape, or form in a position where like they're going to build a contender for next year. Right. Like I think the thing that they do next year is they they do next year what they did this year. And I know that's going to suck for us fans over 162 games, but again, like it's going to be better for them to go ahead and just suck again than to be like the fourth worst team. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see much happening this off season. Like you mentioned before, a lot of players who did have some trade value some people who may have gotten dealt just didn't perform. So I don't know if it would be in the best interest to trade those guys this off season, you know, while their value is super low. I think the one guy the one guy that you can probably trade this off season um, because he, you know, he had a good year and he's somebody that other teams would probably want is Joe Musgrove. Mm-hmm. So like Musgrove, someone who I could see being dealt this off season. Um, and he should get a pretty decent return. Like he's a, he's a solid major league starter. Well, should be able to get something back. So these past two starts, he's a excellent major league starter. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, so I think you should be able to get something back for Musgrove. So I, I, I guess, I guess you know, if that constitutes a big off season, then sure. I just don't see much else happening. Like in the term of free agency signings, they're not going to go out there and sign anybody this year. There's, there's no point. Um, they also really don't have any places to. I don't know. I mean, I, they they need to play these guys who underperformed this past year to see if they can build their trade value back up. Like Adam Frazier's got to be your starting second baseman. Josh Bell's obviously going to, you know, be a starting first baseman or DH. Who knows what's going to happen next year? And in that regard, they probably need to make that decision pretty quick so teams know how to construct their roster for next year. Um, so we we should be hearing that probably. I would assume winter meetings at the at the latest. Yeah, you know, whether or not I, I there's going to be a whether or not there's going to be a designated hitter. Um, and I have a feeling that's that's here to stay. You know, so I know we were told, you know, it's not it hasn't been decided yet. It's gonna be up to the NL teams, I guess. 
I have right. a feeling the NL teams are going to go for that um, and, and do that. So I, don't know, I just don't see, I just don't see any splashes being made. Like so they're going to trade Musgrove, hopefully for, for prospects, no major league talent. Mm-hmm. Cause there's no point really with that. Like I'd like to see another trade kind of similar to that Starling Marte trade where you get, you know, two young guys with upside, um, you know, to, to see if you can develop them. So I think that's kind of the route that they're going to go. Um, they do have a decent pool of international money. So that starts in January to push it back. So January 15th is when that'll start where they can start signing guys. Um, I haven't seen their names attached to too many of the big, big names. Like I know there's a few like big time prospects out there that, that are probably going to command four to five million dollar bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't really seen their names attached to those guys, and in the past they really haven't. That hasn't really been their mo. They've they've gone more after the, you know, going going more for a deeper class, um, as opposed to signing those like impact, big time, you know, prospects out of the Dominican that, you know, are gonna are gonna cost them five million dollars. They haven't really gone after those guys. Um, right true so they've kind of made the approach of let's just sign like a hundred of these people and hope mm -hmm. you know one or two pan out then sign three of them and hope this really really good one pans out so you're right yeah but i will say i mean they are attached to a well another i don't know how you'll like this but another polanco who kind of reminds us of gregory polanco you know at his time of being a prospect um so i mean there is a pretty solid one out there you know i think i believe he's in the top 20 of uh of the lists i don't know where he sits right now specifically but um yeah i mean they're attached to a decent one i mean this isn't like you know the the top top international prospect right now that's out there but it's a solid one yeah and i mean there's there's a lot of guys out there so hopefully they can you know grab one of the top guys um and like you've mentioned before, they've got a decent amount of pool money to to go from. They have the there's a few teams kind of on the top, and then they're kind of in that second tier. So you know they've got they're like somewhere around the sixth, sixth or seventh most international money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Um, the thing with that is you know you sign these guys when they're 16 years old, and you really don't know what you've got until you know two three years down the road. You know, once they kind of hit a ball, and then you can be like, "All right, we may have, we may, we may have something here." Right. Um, so, uh, that I guess is important. You know, you want to make sure you build a strong international class. Um, I, I guess, if anything, that's probably probably his most important thing to do this off season. Um, I just don't see very much happening on the on the big league front with this with this team. I think they're going to pretty much roll with what they got. And I said, if anything, they'll minus Joe Musgrove. So that's fair. And and I guess, you know, I didn't allude in that tweet in the sense of, you know, they're going to go out there and, and, and trade back for Garrett Cole and make, you know, make this big, big push. I I think it's big in the sense of, again, going back to Charrington's off season this past year, like there was really nothing and to me, I don't think you can have two straight years of really virtually no action because if there's no action, like how delayed is this rebuild going to get? And I think that's coming from, 
it's they're in a tough spot now because sorry before you were here jim when it was just ryan and i like talking all last season our big thing was this is what this year is about it's about reestablishing value and the worst thing i think could happen this year in that sense was what happened that no one reestablished value it actually got worse so i don't i don't know i think this puts it at a tough spot i like what you're saying and truly, I feel that's what you want to do because I honestly feel that there's more talent than what these guys are showing also. That you want to go into this offseason and reestablish talent, right? Reestablish some value so that way you can trade them. But that was your mindset this year. It got worse for you. Do you maybe just cut the cord? You know, like, do you risk, A, doing it, and B, just... Just, just kick it further down the line so you have to do it. Like, why wait? Try and hope that you reestablish it and do it again later. Maybe you just go ahead and, and take what you can get now. I'm with you. Like, Joe Musgrove, I, I'm with it. You know, I think he's going to be gone. He's going to be traded. It makes a lot of sense. He's probably the most valuable pitcher that's, you know, would be on the market per se. And, yes, those last two starts, I think, really helped them out. Um, But also... Trevor Williams could just be non-tendered. Like he could be gone in the way of that. I don't think he has any trade value. But like with the other guys that had, no. you know, you're expecting like the Josh Bells, the Adam Frazier's. I think that's an honest question. Like, do you honestly go into next year with them trying to regain value, or just say, "Listen, let's get what we can get." You know, I think most teams will look and say, "Well, we know, we understand they're not that bad." You know, you're not going to get two cents on josh bell's value but if you can get 75 cents on it do you just say let's do it i mean do you just say we gotta make a move like i'm here i'm a gm i gotta do this rebuild why am i gonna start a rebuild two years after i took you know this position i I gotta do it this offseason like i got to get these guys traded gotta get some guys in in return and start building and developing this new you know, window that's going to appear, hopefully. I think that's a tough position that, you know, Charrington's in. And I think that's what we got to discuss. And that's why I think it's a big offseason for him. Because I think this year is going to make a big mark on what this organization can be in a few years. I guess my thing is, like, I'm looking up and down this roster. And if I were a fan of another team, or if Uh I was a general manager of another team, like how many of these guys legitimately do you want? You know, I mean, I would say probably Jacob Stallings is a valuable guy that you could probably trade. Um, but like, that's, I don't know. That's it. I, I, I just don't see it anywhere else. I mean, I mean, Adam Frazier, no one, why, why would anyone trade for Adam Frazier as a, 29 year old going into his second year of arbitration and pay him four and a half, you know, $4 million when you can probably get the exact same production just from whoever you have playing second base in triple a. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, Adam Frazier was replacement level basically this year. I mean, he, he was, he had a positive war, but mostly from his defense. Uh, and I'm just looking at these guys and I just, there's no way that 
they could get anything for them. Like no one's going to trade for Gregory Polanco right now. Oh, that I absolutely agree. Right. No one's going to trade. I don't think anybody trades for Josh Bell right now. Like, I mean, where would you put him? I mean, if, if you're looking for a designated hitter, there's countless other guys out there who can at least put up. I mean, they're, I don't know. I feel like it's just not difficult to find people out there who are going to be available, who have shown that they can be, be productive major league hitters more consistently than, than, the, than a Josh Bell. And if you are going to take us take a flyer on Josh Bell, you're not really going to give up anything for it. You know, he may be somebody that you just say, okay, you know what, we'll give him a shot. But like, mm-hmm. you're not going to give up anything of that of value for for two years of Josh Bell at this point. Um, I mean, Josh Bell is going to be making over five million dollars next year. Again, like call up your first baseman from triple a and he, he's probably going to give you the same stuff that josh bell gave um but, so i don't know i feel like teams are more going that route now where you know they first off they're not really i mean teams aren't spending money anyways but like teams team, team like i mean payrolls are going down they're using what they have I, I just don't see any value in any of these guys. Like if, if Sherrington's can somehow have get somebody to give him anything of substance for Adam Frazier or Josh Bell, then you know, he deserves a medal because <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. All right. So uh apologize for those that were watching and no longer could. My internet went out. Thank you. I'll put them on blast. Thank you. Comcast. Appreciate it. Happened to me last night as well. As I just told Jim, watching, I was trying to watch the Indians and Yankees game. And as soon as Garrett Cole took the mound, my internet went out, my TV went out. So, yeah. I mean, at least it was storming yesterday, but today it's yeah. it's nice. So, no excuse, Comcast. You guys, you guys make fun of my Kentucky internet sometimes, and it's actually <laughs> uh, it's the it's the Florida internet. It's it's that's fair, Jim. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept <laughs> that. All right, so yeah, let's let's go back. I know we're discussing Josh Bell and trade values and how it's diminished for everyone. So if you want to pick up, I guess for the people, yeah. So I don't know when it dropped off, but I, it's just kind of a main point here is you know like Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, Gregory Polanco. There just aren't teams out there who are going to be wanting to acquire those guys unless unless they can basically get them for free. And at this point, there's no there's no reason why the pirates should be just giving away those guys mm-hmm. um, when you could just, Hey, let's see how they play next year. Hopefully they rebound. And and then, you know, you've got something that you can work with at the trade deadline. Um, I, I said Musgrove is the one guy that didn't hurt his value. He may have even helped his value this, this, this season. Uh, I mean, his, his numbers were great. So, so Musgrove is somebody who they should be able to get somebody for, but I just don't see it anywhere else. I don't see it. I, I don't. I don't anticipate uh, really any other big splashes being made. And as far as like acquisitions go, I think, you know nothing more than than bullpen depth, probably. Right. You know, at this point, N- another I, Dyson I type of signing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff like that. Um, Which- like you're saying, I mean, it's not going to be a splash. So, it's not going to be something where it's it's for now or the future. It's just we have a, a gap here. Let's get yeah, Gerard Dyson because literally no one else even, will sign him. 
And you may not even need something like that too. I mean, you've got Anthony Alford now. So, I mean, you got to anticipate that, you know, he'll probably get a little bit of playing time. Um, so I, I just don't see, <clears throat> I don't see any places where they're going to acquire anybody. I don't see anybody that they're going to trade outside of Musgrove. So I think it's going to be a relatively quiet off season. I can see All some right. like some waiver pickups, you know, of, of bullpen arms. That's, that's what I would anticipate. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely could see that. Um, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not here to say like, no, this is what's going to happen. Um, because everything that you're saying is absolutely true. You know, like that is the issue. That's the conundrum that this team is in. You know, this year was to reestablish value. So that way you could have this offseason to trade them. It all pretty much depleted for most people. So, yeah, I, I guess that's what he's got to decide. I, I don't know. I, I think that there's going to be some teams that are willing to listen. It's just going to be on what the, you know, the return's going to have to be to get, say, a Josh Bell, Adam Frazier and such. Um, and part of that, too, is it's it's all going to depend on how people also just view this season. Like, I understand, like, they were terrible, right? But are you, as a GM, as a fan, whomever, you know, how much stock do you really put into this season opposed to the past? You know, if, if Adam Frazier did have some trade value last year, do you look at Adam Frazier more as 2019 Adam Frazier or 2020 Adam Frazier? You know, with Josh Bell, now Josh Bell has his own complete issues. But, you know, are you looking at this year and saying, oh, well, no, no, I want to stay far, far away from him? Or are you like, no, I know what he can bring. You know, I'm not going to pay top dollar for Josh Bell. Though, Jim, I think it's probably fair to say that any trade that was made for Josh Bell, the Yinzers, the people of Pittsburgh, right, the fans, were going to get pissed off because I think it's very easy to understand People on this area probably overvalued what Josh Bell is worth. So I, I don't think yeah. you're getting a ton of like great prospects for Josh Bell beforehand. So when now he gets traded and it's even worse, I'm just saying, prepare yourself. But like, you know, do, do you view him as more of 2019 Josh Bell than 2020 and say, okay, I'll give you 75 cents on the dollar and as Charrington take it? Or do you say, no, 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 I got to get back to, let's, you know, move away from this terrible season. Let's get back to showing that he's more of 2019 and now you can get, say, 95 cents on the dollar. So, again, that's why I think there's a lot of risk. And to me, it's big because he's got to decide on do I trade him now or wait. Because if you go a whole nother seed, like if it's not the trade down and it's next year, like now it's just one year left. Do you just get rid of Josh Bell to get anything in for turn? You know what I mean? Like, that's why I think it's so important and huge mm-hmm. this year because he's got to make the right decisions. He's got to set this, you know, rebuild in motion. We have to start doing something. Um, so that's why I put it out there. But, yeah, Musgrove, you made a, uh, a valid point with the Stallings. I mean, teams will see that. I mean, if anything, he's going to be valued as a very productive backup catcher. But I think he can easily be a starter for – for many teams um, because, listen, you need catching depth. I mean, if Ryan LaVarnaway still have his jo- has a job, <laughs> Jacob Stallings could have a job with uh, plenty of teams out there. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe a column ran, like you said. I think it's going to definitely uh, as well come down to if the NL does have the DH. That's the one thing. If the NL does approve of having a DH, the Pirates can slide with not making that bell trade. But what if they don't next year? Like, what if it is approved that, no, we're going to go back to our old ways. There's no DH. Someone has to go. You have to play 
Colin Moran. You have to play Josh Bell. You have to play Brian Hayes. So I think that could yeah. jumpstart a trade. That that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I guess if there if there's no designated hitter, then either Moran or Bell needs to be like really dangled out there because, yeah, I mean, he Brian Hayes is your everyday third baseman, like no matter what. Um, so if you've got if you've got those two guys like Bell and Moran. You know, one of them's got to go. The Pirates aren't going to pay millions of dollars for for like a part time player. It's just not in there, not what they do. So have a hard time um, for a starting player. Yeah, so that that I could see. So I guess it's going to depend on what happens there. The other thing too is if there's no DH, like Josh Bell's value just plummets. I mean, we talked about his 2019, and you and you mentioned you know, how maybe some of us overvalue Josh Bell, right? I mean, we Josh Bell in 2019 hit 37 home runs, um, 135 weighted runs created plus. Like, he had a pretty good offensive year, but because he had to play defense, like, he ended up being basically just an average Major League first baseman. Right. You know, 20, 20 first baseman qualified – you know, for a batting title in, in, in 2019. And when it come, came to, you know, wins above replacement out of the 20, Josh Bell was 10th, but he was smack dab in the middle of all uh-huh. of those guys. So it, it's one of those things where if the DH isn't there, his value goes down, but there is always, at least the American League, I guess you could move him to, because that's, that's ultimately where he needs to end up. Like no one's going to acquire Josh Bell to play first base for him. So, uh, and you're right. And that, again, also, I mean, there's not that many teams in the AL that need a DH also. So, again, the value's not there because who are you bidding against? Um, so, so I mean, you are right. So, I think the one thing that would change this is if the DH is eliminated again. But I think it goes back to, I think it's you're saying right now, no NL team is going to want him as a first baseman. Like, I think what makes sense is, well, that's why and when you trade Colin Moran. Like, now he has value back. DH is gone. You need you need a quality first baseman. I, I, he showed it's not great, but he showed that he can play first base, like passingly. You know, the bat yeah. was was oh, nice. Yeah. It was like a uh, a nice progression year for Colin Moran. So you know, I think he could have some trade value, and then that's when you say, "All right, well, let's just tuck Josh Bell in there again and hope he can reclaim some value." Because yeah, if if there's no DH. <laughs> Man, if you thought his bat was poor, you're trading him as a first baseman now too. I mean, yeah. What was it? Negative point four war for the season he had. So Yep. It was negative. So. Yeah, I I get that. I don't know. I know it's it's still some some rough rough times ahead for Pirates fans. Put it that way. Yeah, and and uh and like I mean, he's he's just somebody you want to you want to have him play well because like he's a really likable guy. Like I I love Josh Bell the person. Like I feel like he you know he he he's he's like the perfect guy to be the face of this team. And you know he he was that guy for for last year you know for 2019 and then mm-hmm. just this year just wasn't there at all. And 
and and it it is a little unfair to like judge them on this year because it was 60 games and you even look around the league there's like there's plenty of superstars who had bad years this year i mean it's not like josh bell was the only one like go out there and look at like nolan arenado's numbers for this year yeah you know or 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 even somebody like you know christian yelich you know that's what i was gonna point to right now yeah cody bellinger like there's plenty of guys out there who just like didn't do anything this year um so I think which again, and not to cut you off totally, but which again is why I do allude and say like how many GMs are going to take so much stock into this year for those exact reasons, you know? So I I don't want to solely go on production this year and like, and and be the guy that, well, they, they're terrible now. They have no trade value. They're they're done. I think there's still something there because I think teams will still revert back to, well, we know what these guys were beforehand. But the thing is like, at least Christian Yelich came back a little bit and still had productive numbers. Where like the Josh Bell was just abysmal, you know, totally, totally terrible as far as like everything goes offensively, defensively. So, you know, I, I'm with that. But go ahead, sorry. No, yeah, and and so that's the thing. Like, hopefully, people aren't putting too much stock into this year because, as I said, there there's quite a few people who had rough, rough seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich bad 205. Right. You know, so. Struck it's, out thirty one percent of the time. Yeah, Christian Yelich was was not good. You look at people like you know Victor Robles, bad. Um, it's just littered actually here. Andrew McCutcheon defensively didn't have a good year. Brian Reynolds again, another name that you know you you would anticipate him to bounce back. Josh Reddick, terrible year. So I mean, like there's Jose there's Altuve. guys out there. Terrible. Basically, year. any any <laughs> Astro. They didn't they didn't have. They didn't have the trash can this year, you know. Um, but no, so I, that that I guess strengthens your point as far as like, hey, you know, how much how much credence do you really give this year? I don't know. I guess I'm I would be still on the leery side with somebody like a Josh Bell because at the end of the day, he really has still only had like that one really good half year. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, so that's fair, it, and that's in his whole career, really. I mean, right. his first few seasons, he he was fine, um, but it was really just that one half year that he was really good at, good in. So, like, is is Josh Bell that guy he was in that half year, or is he the guy who he's been the other three and a half years of his career? <laughs> you know, so so I mean that half year right now is not the norm. That's the outlier. So, you know, how, how good is Josh Bell? I, I, I don't even really know at this point. It's kind of like the, the talk. I mean, Gregory Plonko is what, 28, 29 years old. And I still have no idea if, if he's like, I have no idea who Gregory Plonko is, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. uh, it, it's one of those things where I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see too many people valuing Josh Bell right now. Outside, outside this organization. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. Totally understand. All right. Um, I don't know. So, what else did you want to talk about here? We have a few minutes. Yeah. Um. I, mean, I guess we can maybe talk playoffs a little bit. Playoffs. Eight. We got. We got eight. We got eight baseball games today. Starting noon, basically noon to. Uh, we'll have nonstop baseball from like noon to one. 30 a.m. today so 
if you like, like baseball it. and and like uh you know some good teams or some teams in the playoffs that probably don't deserve to be there but there's going to be some some good games um some fun players to watch so it's, it's almost like a it. march madness feel you know like this baseball all day long every single day as well there's baseball now for these playoffs so like in that aspect i'm with yeah. it yeah especially this first these these first few series like this this three game series that they're doing yeah I mean, like I said, that's that's baseball all day long. We're not really used to that from a from a playoff baseball standpoint. Um, so should be fun. Um, looking at some matchups today, you know, I'm seeing I, there's there's a I mean, with the three game series, you're, everybody in the American League is an elimination game. So that'll be that'll be interesting right there. Um, you know, see if there's somebody that can maybe take it to a game three. But uh, no, I'm I'm interested. Like Padres Cardinals should be fun. Blue Jays Rays. You know, I thought that would be a pretty good series. But like I said Rays Rays have the opportunity to put it away today. White Sox White Sox got the A's on down. You know, up one one nothing. So that could be an upset during the American League. How about I think that? A's game? are the two seed. I mean, the White yeah, Sox. Yeah, that, that's I talked a little bit you know, yesterday. To, that's a scary team. I know that like technically quotes the seven seed, like you just said. But that's a scary team right now in these playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, their offense is just awesome. Um, and we actually mentioned it, you know, a little bit ago. So Oakland went with, uh, you know, Jesus Lazardo in game one. And, you know, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, just how good the White Sox are against against lefties. Mm. Um, so they got to Lazardo early. That Oakland defense is just crazy good. Like, I mean, the Oakland uh, bullpen, crazy good. So, like, once they got to the bullpen, they kind of shut it down. But it was just too much. Giolito was on fire, had a perfect game going into the – was it going into the seventh? Yeah. He had a perfect yeah. game. Yep. So, Giolito looked really good. Um, yeah, so that, man, that's a scary team, the White Sox, because, you know, they've got – got a couple good pitchers they've they've got the lineup obviously and they can like they they can hit the ball i mean yesterday even came from uh my dude adam angle went you know home run (laughs) double to start off the game so um good to see him good to see him get some hits um i think he was actually the first he was the first chicago white Sox to hit a home run in his first postseason at bat so oh how about that yeah. Um, no, so it should be fun. Yankees Indians. I didn't get to watch that last night, but I guess Ooh. the Yankees got to uh, got to Bieber. Ooh, yeah, they did. And obviously enough, the Indians did not get to Garrett Cole. <laughs> that offense didn't succeed, Jim. Sorry to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. the thing with Cleveland. Like that that offense is so bad. Cleveland's offense is not there. So if the pitching isn't there, like they're not going to win. Right. Like Bieber had to win that game. That, that's why you have that pitching staff. You have Bieber. He had to win that game and he didn't. And I, it's over. The Yankees have won this already. This, it's going to be, so too. it's going to be cookie versus Tanaka today, which I mean, that could go either way, but yeah, uh, if we saw that Yankees offense, that that's, that's a really good offense and they're all back. And if they did that to Bieber, sorry, sorry, Carrasco. 
probably over yeah. right now. And Tanaka's always been good cool. in the playoffs. And he's had a pretty yeah, solid no, year so far. Tanaka's a good pitcher. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, and I'm a big – I know he's like the next – Yankee that we're probably all going to hate, but like, I love Gleyber Torres. So like, it was mm-hmm. good to see because he struggled this year. So it was, mm-hmm. I mean, he just went off yesterday too. So I saw his stat line. He was like four for four with a Homer and a double or something. So yeah. Do you have that hatred still postseason too. Like for the Yankees? Do you have that Yankees hatred? I don't have it as much now that like all those guys are gone. You know, I mean, if you look at it, the Yankees haven't won the world series in a decade. So, so is that is that simply why? Like I I, I, I still think, wonder with them. Yeah. Yeah. Was it I so think much that we why. hate the Yankees because they won? They had those guys because like if you want to say those guys, right? Well, it's still like the same thing. Like these are still high payroll guys. Like the Garrett Cole is now one of those guys. You know, John Carlos Stanton's one mm-hmm. of those guys. You know, the the big bad. They have great talents, right? But I just I don't know. I find them more likable. Like I, I don't. Hate the Yankees. Is it just the no, attitudes? Yeah, yeah. Is it because like the A Rods and Jeters aren't there, <laughs> and these guys are like likable, like you know, like Judge and stuff, or or what is it? I don't know. I, I don't hate the Yankees. I don't despise them like at all. I actually find them kind of fun. No, I think you're you're right. Like I think it's just the the personalities are different. So like okay. like Stanton, like I could watch Stanton hit baseballs all day long. <laughs> I, I would enjoy every second of it. Right. Um, Aaron Judge, I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's like vastly overrated, um, mm. but he's also fun at times. The one guy I really like, like I really like Gleyber Torres. I, I think he's going to be a, a just an absolute superstar. Um, and I mean, I love Garrett Cole. I know some people don't, but like, yeah. I, I love watching him pitch. Um, yeah, so it's they're not. So they're say not the Yankees did like string off like three World Series, right? Would you then start hating them again? Or so, like, yes. oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if they were to go, if they were to like, yeah, three World Series in a row, I would be like those damn Yankees. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, cool. But no. So Marlins, though, Marlins, I don't know if we mentioned this. Marlins have never lost a postseason series in their history. So. Let's see what happens there. Marlins, Cubs, and Cubs didn't look good heading into the postseason. No, uh, that's that's why I picked Marlins. I think in my my thing here, the Marlins, I, they actually look pretty good. You know, and right now they're kind of built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're getting hot at the right time. They got some young pitching coming up. Um, yeah, it's going to be kind of fun. So also a lot of ex Pirates. So maybe that's something for yes. us to watch. You know, like hey, mm-hmm. congratulations, kudos to Ali Marte, kudos Corey Dickerson. Harold Ramirez. I know Cervelli's not to be playing. Um, yeah, there's like a ton of Marlins there. <laughs> so, uh, and I yeah. really want the Padres to make a run. Like I would, I would, I would just love to see them make a postseason run. Just like the guys on that team, they're so fun. Um, I mean, just Tatis and Machado themselves, just they would I be like- really fun to see on the national stage. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like there's there's a lot of fun teams in here. You know, like the San Diego Padres definitely we just talked about the White Sox. Um the Marlins I think can can bring that. I think they'll be fun in the sense that because they're not bad, they're not terrible, but they're gonna be fun for one that they're beating up on the Chicago Cubs. A lot of Pirates fans will like that, right? There's ex Pirates on there too. But yeah, like they have that underdog feel, like they're not supposed to be here. What are the Marlins doing in the playoffs? But they went for it, they did it, they got in, they're a capable team. So I think they'll be kind of fun to watch also. 
Um, and then I just see the Dodgers like destroying the Brewers, just absolutely destroying them. <laughs> so that I don't see how the I don't see how the Brewers are going to be able to just keep up with the offense. Like, I don't know. The Brewers didn't impress me at all this year. I mean, they didn't even have a winning record. So right, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see that series lasting very long unless unless somebody on Milwaukee just like spins an absolute gem which is hard to do against that Dodgers lineup. Right. But it can happen. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm betting Jim. I'm not betting on that game that the Brewers are going to win it. No. No, I'm not. So, but maybe we need to wait for Tyler's pick and then I'll if he picks the Dodgers, then I'll put money on the Brewers. Yeah, all depends on Tyler's pick. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um yeah, so big slate today. Uh watch some playoff baseball and uh guess that's pretty much it we'll be back actually i didn't even talk about we are we gonna do an ns9 live tomorrow i guess we could yeah we could i don't know if there's much more to talk about than what we just did today about pirates but (laughs) um yeah all right true so yeah so tomorrow ns9 live we'll probably be on check us out and uh we'll talk to you all later any last words you want to say jim That's all. Have a good Wednesday, guys. All right. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye.